Let's go. I'm a bulldog. All right, everybody. What's up? It is another Wednesday night live here on Dog Nation Between the Edges. Actually, before the Edges. Hope everybody's enjoying themselves tonight and having themselves a fairly productive and chill, uh, by this time of the day, a very chill um, Wednesday night. I'm Jeff Sintel. I'll be your host for maybe the next 50 minutes or so. I am uh, DogNation.com's recruiting insider. I cover uh, the team. I take pictures of the team, but I also mostly cover on the players that are on their way to the University of Georgia. That's why this program is called Before the Hedges. I hope everybody's doing great. First and foremost, I want to say thanks to everybody for joining us. you got a lot of places you could spend your time on a Wednesday night in your uh, stay-at-home shelter-in-place uh, Quarantinesville. Um, very thankful, very happy, very lucky that you decided to spend some of that time with us here on DogNation.com and on our Facebook and YouTube platforms. Hope everybody's having themselves a good night. First off, I want to know what everybody's having for supper tonight. I think our household, which we just picked up earlier this week from Kroger, is uh, we're having some pork tenderloin tonight. Um, wonder what everybody else is eating. Wonder what everybody else is eating right tonight. I uh, always like to thank our partners at Kroger for them taking the time to hang out with us and um, always be a, a longtime sponsor of all of our Dog Nation content. Where's everybody joining us from tonight? Uh, hope everybody can say that they're, uh, they're safe and they're happy and their loved ones um, and their loved ones are, are also in that same position right now. Uh, Cynthia Corn, thanks for uh, Reginald Johnson. Hey, how is everybody doing today? Chastity Newton's having chicken and potatoes. Jason Gloss are having deer cube steak. Uh, Rody Williams is checking in from C-Bus. Becky Hinton Mays is having some cereal. Uh, Becky, I guess all of us are eating a lot of cereal right now. Don't, even, don't let anybody tell you a difference. I do this like Kashi cereal now in the mornings where I get half chocolate, half peanut butter. I think it's still sick. It's still somewhat healthy. Wayne Fullen's having spaghetti and meatballs. Uh, Pamela Kennard, chicken and broccoli. Um, okay. Well, I think what I wanted to talk to discuss tonight, last week we had a guest on that kind of took up a lot of our time, which was great because you guys got to see uh, just exactly what type of player and what type of young person that David Daniel will be on his way to the University of Georgia. That's the 2021 Georgia commit, a six foot three, about six foot two or so, 192 pound line outside. Um, he looks like an outside linebacker, but he is a safety. I think he could play free safety, strong safety, or even the star in red zone situations. Uh, one day at the University of Georgia, uh, his his trainer, which is uh, Glenn Ford, um, his trainer. Uh, told me that um, Glenn Ford, that's the former Georgia defensive back. It started about three years for Georgia during the 90s, during those Jim Donnan years. Says he likens him to former Alabama uh, NFL draft pick Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison went in the third round uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars in 1998. He's one of the breakout uh, safeties in the NFL coming up for the next season. Uh, Ronnie's about 6'3", about 210. Ronnie Harrison was a former high school quarterback down in Tallahassee. But that's the player parallel that comes to his mind. And a Glenn Ford, and I dare you, that's a that's a training program in Metro Atlanta where uh, they send in guys to Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, uh, Georgia Tech, uh, Georgia, uh, Auburn, uh, lots of people that have worked with I dare you. 
have went on to very prosperous high school and college careers thanks to the efforts and the philanthropy and the, and the I Dare You Incorporated group. We do a lot of training of uh, high school uh, prospects across the state of Georgia, and they're located in the Atlanta area. Um, so this week, if you guys saw the topic, I kind of wanted to get a, start looking at maybe a chunk of what we see when everything eventually comes back to normal is the recruiting class. What the 2021 recruiting class for Georgia is what I anticipated to look like uh, when, when things start happening where people wonder about commitments and signings uh, with the same degree that they used to during the early signing period and in the traditional signing period in February. I want you guys to first think about it conceptually and the context of the way I look at the class is um, what are the biggest needs? What are the biggest position groups for the class? Um, and last year, many of you guys noticed, but there was a, a very prosperous imbalance in Georgia's signing class. They signed 17 players for the offensive side of the ball, especially wide receiver, especially at offensive line. And they only signed eight guys on defense. Uh, they signed a kicker who will be blue-shirted and will be part of this 2021 scholarship class at least. Uh, but you only had eight guys that defensively uh, were signed to play defense in the 2020 class. The natural progression of things after that point is Georgia's going to go a lot harder in the paint. Uh, let me use a term that I'm familiar with. No, Georgia's going to go harder in the paint defensively than it did last year. It's a it's the way to look at Georgia's team for the 2020 season or how it was unfolding and see that Georgia had a stout defense. They had a lot of guys coming back, cornerback, safety, uh, up front, especially at the linebacker positions, outside linebacker and inside linebacker positions. That's why Georgia didn't even need to sign a single inside linebacker and only one linebacker total in the 2020 class. That was Mikhail Sherman. Uh, when you when I look at what Georgia needs to piece together, I think they're going to sign 23 guys in the 2021 class. I know Kirby Smart always seems to find an extra number than forecasters like myself try to come up with. Uh, through back counting or through, through graduate transfers or whatever. Uh, but I think the number right now feels good to start at 23. Why do I say 23? Well, the NCAA allotment is you can only sign 25 in one specific recruiting class. Of course, if you have early enrollees and you had room in the previous class, you can back, back count a current class as early enrollees to the previous class. I know that's kind of like algebraic for some folks out there, but what that, that means is, is you signed six early enrollees in um, 2020, and perhaps you only signed 21 guys in, in uh, the in the 2019 class. Well, you could count three or four of those towards the 2019 class to make sure the 2019 slot had 25 as well. That's a way colleges for years have been getting around the year-to-year -year math. But the most important math is 85 total players on scholarship. That's the most that University of Georgia and any school in the SEC or the country can have when they um, when they bring all those boys in on campus with guys going off to the draft, guys graduating, guys transfer portaling out. That's the number. You can only have a maximum of 85 guys on scholarship. So what do I see as the uh, positional priorities for this class? I see outside linebackers a big priority for this class. Uh, outside linebacker and inside linebacker. Out of those 23 slots, uh, especially uh, – of the 19 remaining slots in the class because Georgia's already signed four, excuse me, Georgia already has received commitments from four prospects in the 2021 cycle. That means out of a possible 19 slots left remaining, I'm projecting 
Georgia's going to sign five linebackers. I think they'll get three edge guys, outside linebackers, and they'll get two inside linebackers. The ideal candidates at inside backer, those would be uh, Barrett Carter out of North Gwinnett High School and Smile Munson out of Paulding County High School in Dallas, Georgia. Those are the two ideal candidates. They're both ranked very high. Georgia's been pursuing them heavily. Uh, Barrett Carter's going to be a fight for Georgia to hold on to that young man and keep him in state. Ohio State's trying to recruit him heavily. Uh, Clemson is trying to recruit him heavily. And both of them have got their own kind of tractor beams in order to bring in Barrett Carter. Uh, Ohio State is promising him that he could be the only linebacker they signed in the class, especially an inside linebacker. That's obviously enviable to a uh, high school player. And Clemson has just taken a commitment from one of his high school teammates. That's Jordan Hancock, the excellent cornerback out of North Gwinnett High School. And those two guys have been running buddies for forever. Uh, so there's definitely going to be some um, degree of difficulty there with both those, both of those inside linebackers, specifically Mr. Carter. Um, the outside linebackers, there's a bunch of names there. Uh, I've written about Elijah Judy recently, Quentin Somerville. Quentin Somerville is rated as a defensive end on the 24-7 sports composite ratings. But uh, Somerville tells me that the Georgia coaches view him as an outside linebacker. He has the ability to do that. He has the, he has the twitch to be able to do that. If, when I look at the film, I see that to be self-evident. Uh, Dallas Turner is a guy out of South Florida who was the South Florida Defensive Player of the Year by the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel. Uh, had 15 sacks a year ago. Judy is up in Elijah Judy, the young man I just mentioned. He's up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, a guy that has a really impressive ball get off. I think he can do both. He can be an outside player. He put his hand on the ground. He could also play some defensive end if he grows just a little bit. Um, Xavier Sori is another guy out of, out of out of Florida, a big, long, athletic prospect. He plays basketball. He's a heck of an athletic specimen. You look at him, and maybe he doesn't have the film that some of those other guys do, but he definitely is a guy, when you think about his scouting ceiling, in terms of a scouting ceiling, that means how just how good a player can be if they reach their maximum potential. Well, that's pretty high for Mr. Sorry. He's a six-foot-four prospect. George is going after a lot of size and length for those outside edge guys whereas the inside backers are about 6'2", 6'3". Shmile Munden, and to make sure I mention him, uh, he, is a, uh, he was a triple jumper, among other things. He played running back. He played inside linebacker for Paulding County. Uh, he was planning to make his decision well deep into his senior season. He wants to make sure that um, his classmates have a chance to get scouted and evaluated as well. Um, the, other, the other positional priority I see, I'm going to go with three. The third one is running back, guys. Um, running back's going to be, always be a contested position. Georgia has an ideal season from Zamir White. I believe he will go to the NFL draft. The same thing can be said for James Cook. James Cook should, is expected to get a lot more run and touches, a lot more looks in space in Todd Munkin's new offense. Uh, you would think that uh, those two guys are, are bound for big gears, and if so, they would matriculate their talents to the NFL. Georgia loses two guys out of the, out of the running back like the running back room for Dell McGee at Georgia, then obviously they would want to reload that position with two more guys. I see cornerback is a big uh, priority for the class as well. Uh, defensive line, those are the guys that I think will make up the majority of the class. Some positions I think that Georgia's still going to kind of do some normal refilling of, refilling of the shelves a little bit would be uh, offensive line. I think they might get three or four guys there. Wide receiver, excuse me. <laughs> 
had a sneeze there. Wide receiver, I'm trying to um, – um, they're going to get probably one or two names, a big name there. You'll hear about our top targets later. And then safety and tight end. And then after that, I think they will go for their best players available. Uh, while we're breaking down, kind of taking a look at our show, we're breaking down our show into kind of four quarters. The first quarter was an overview of what I saw was going on with Georgia and the positional priorities for the 2021 class and maybe projecting out the class a little bit in terms of a, a signing cap. Um, the first, that's the first quarter of our show. Our second quarter, we're going to go over our top targets board where we re-rank the guys that we feel are the best fits right now for Georgia's class. Those are the big nine, big time players, but they're simply not the highest rated players on the board. There are also mutual interest there between the University of Georgia and the young men that have those scholarship offers. In the third quarter, I'm going to take a bunch of your questions. Uh, we're going to just fire away and take a bunch of your questions. I think that's a good segment to have everything for everybody there. And finally, uh, the fourth quarter of our show, we've got an old favorite game for maybe before the hedges and even Wednesday Night Live before that. We've got the uh, six-pack. So I'll give you guys a brand-new six-pack. I know it's been a long time since all you guys have had a six-pack lately, especially since everybody is being so productive working from home. But uh, we'll be able to crack open a six-pack for the first time in a good long while uh, here on Dog Nation uh, Live tonight. So uh, let's go to the second portion of our, uh, our show. Before that, I want to talk to you guys about Kroger. Kroger is actually another, absolutely a flagship sponsor for what we do here on Before the Hedges and Dog Nation. Uh, Kroger, you guys know what's coming around. My wife, I'm sure all the five-star moms and five-star wives out there are trying to fill up all those Easter baskets to make sure that the kids um, get their wish list involved so the, um, so the Easter bunny can still hop along um, and make sure this is a great Easter no matter what. Well, if you're looking for some help with that, Kroger is your one-hop shop for Easter. Kroger has you covered for your Easter dinner. If you're doing last-minute shopping on Easter Sunday, Kroger will be open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. that day, while the pharmacy is open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Think about that. Read that again. Um, get the picture here. Kroger on Easter Sunday is open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, bless those folks that will be able to serve the public on that day. And the pharmacy, always important this day and age, is open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Also want to let you guys know that during this pandemic, Kroger is doing a lot to keep their stores safe for customers and associates. Um, they're going to start limiting the number of customers uh, in our stores at uh, one time to uh, to allow for that proper social distancing. They've been doing that at the beginning of this week. Uh, the number of our customers, the customers that will be allowed in stores will be up to 50% of the building code capacity. That's going to vary from store to store. They have adjusted store operating hours to allow more time for cleaning. Always important, more time for cleaning and also to replenish that inventory of wipes, uh, antibacterial cleaner, TP, paper towels, all that good stuff. Uh, hand soap. Uh, they will install signage at entrances reminding customers to stay home and stay home if you're sick and encouraging associates to closely monitor their health, health as well. Their pharmacies are actually waiving fees for prescription delivery via mail or courier, and they have enhanced sanitation practices every day. That includes cleaning commonly used areas, more often like cashier stations, self-checkouts, credit card terminals, food service counters, and shelves. They've also installed protective plexiglass screens at check lanes, pharmacy counters, and Starbucks registers. They're also, next time you're in Kroger as well, pay attention to those floor decals. Uh, take a look down, and you'll be able to promote 
physical distancing at check lanes and other counters. That's all we want to let you guys know about Kroger right now. Now, let's take a look before we jump into our top targets. Let's take a look at our current commitment board for the 2021 class. Uh, Georgia currently has four commitments right now for the uh, 2021 cycle. And uh, it starts off with Brock Vandegrift. That's the five-star quarterback out of Prince Avenue Christian in Bogart, Georgia, followed by David Daniel. He's rated as an athlete. But he's going to be a safety at Georgia. Another top uh, 80 overall recruit there. David Daniel is out of Woodstock High in Woodstock, Georgia. That's my hometown of all places. Very impressive to see Georgia with a not only scholarship offered at Woodstock High in Cherokee County, but also a steadfast commitment. David Daniel is actually the senior commitment in his class. He's been committed to Georgia since September of 2019. He was the guy that joined us last week on Before the Hedges. The third and fourth commitments in the class, uh, those guys are uh, Marlon Dean, uh, Marlon Dean, that's the uh, three-star three defensive tackle out of Elbert County in Elberton. Uh, and then you have um, the fourth guy is John, Jonathan Jefferson out of Douglas County High School in Douglasville. Great basketball players, about 6'4", 270. Great athleticism. He plays out on the wing for uh, Douglas County. Um, very impressive player. He's going to be an interior player for the University of Georgia. That's according to uh, my best information. He's going to be playing out on the wing for the Bulldogs. He plays out on the wing for uh, his high school team, but he's going to be playing on the defensive line. Uh, for the University of Georgia. If you guys are following along with me, I've got some screens popping up on my on my laptop, so I uh, just wanted to apologize for any sort of confusion there. Now, stop targets time. That's where we take a look at who we feel are the uh, top targets and the best fits right now for the class of 2021 at the University of Georgia. We're going to count, count them down from 13 to 1, our first slate. Uh, we're going to go uh, uh, we're going to go from our first guy on uh our first guy on our list, and that's the number 13 course, number 13 uh, player on our list. Um, we're looking at um, all of your top targets, and let's let's go ahead and pull that uh, board up right now so everybody can see it. Uh, all right, from 13 to seven, uh, let's take a look at uh, first name on the list. We've got uh, Terrence Ferguson out of Peach County, uh, Fort Valley, Peach County, Georgia. That's the offensive lineman. Uh, Georgia, Alabama, those are teams to look at there. Also likes uh, a bunch of other schools, but those are the ones that have kind of been on him a lot. Uh, Terrence Ferguson uh, took two rapid-fire visits to Georgia in January for junior day, and then he went to see Alabama. This young man's a great player. I think he can play tackle or guard in the SEC. Um, next up on the list is a new guy for the list this week. We've moved Elijah Judy out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, up into the top targets list. He was kind of on the buffer periphery, but we moved him in there. That's the pass rusher out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You guys have seen the pictures of him and his father. His father is actually kind of jacked like Darren Swift was coming out of Philadelphia as well. Another one of those potential dark alley dog, ag, dog dads. Let me say that again for, for alliteration. Dark alley dog dads. The type of guy you'd want walking next to you in a dark alley. Um, that family, they work hard. You see some of their videos on social media. He's always lifting and working. Very explosive uh, coming off the edge. I think he could play for Georgia. He would be an outside linebacker at the jack spot. Um, he's a guy Texas A&M really likes him a lot, too. His, like all these young men that are on this list, he's been affected by the uh, – uh, Corona 19, coronavirus, and the COVID 19 um, 
quarantines and shelters in place. He's planning to do a lot of visiting right now when they get back to Georgia, wanting to give Georgia another official visit. A lot of the, these young men are going to have their commitment timelines altered. At number 11, you've got Chewitton Somerville. I, everybody calls him Q at Suaro High School. That's a teammate of Keely Ringo, the five-star signee in the 2020 class. Quentin Somerville basically sounds to me like he's going to give strongest consideration to Georgia and Michigan. Uh, going to give an official visit to both of those schools. Also wants to give an official visit to Washington as well. Those seem like the schools that are in it for him. And even though he's in Arizona, he makes no bones about it, but he feels he will be uh, heading east uh, most likely uh, to pursue his college career. At number 10, this is kind of like the uh, the big fish of the class. That's Mason Smith, a five-star defensive tackle. The degree of difficulty here is probably going to be harder than getting um, toilet paper on three consecutive trips to Kroger or your, any of your favorite groceries. Uh, he's out of Louisiana. Alabama wants him big time. Florida wants him big time. LSU, of course, wants him big time as well. That's Mason Smith. Number nine, we mentioned him earlier, Dallas Turner, an outside guy. I really like Dallas Turner. He's a guy that um, played down at American Heritage. That's where uh, Marshall Morgan came from. That's where Isaiah McKenzie came from. That's where Sony Michelle, of course, came from. That's where Tyson Campbell came from. He played down at uh, American Heritage, but now he's moved to St. Thomas Aquinas for his senior season. And uh, Dallas is a guy that came from an area that's produced a lot of players to Georgia and American Heritage. And now he's at... Um, and now he's at St. Thomas Aquinas where Marcus Rosamy, the, the All-American wide receiver out of the 2020 signing class, also chose Georgia as well. Number eight is a recent decommitment this month um, from Notre Dame. Uh, or the, Last month from Notre Dame, that's Deion Colsey, a six-foot-four wide receiver. Very special athlete, great ability to go up and get the ball out of Athens Academy in Athens, Georgia. And number seven, he just recently named his top five and put Georgia in there. That is Mario Williams out of Plant City, Florida. Mario is a heck of a baseball player, too. ESPN has him as the number one receiver overall. I think 24-7 Sports Composite has him as the uh, number four receiver for the 2021 class. Mario Williams uh, wants to play baseball as well, whether he chooses Georgia or not. Uh, he wants to play baseball at the, high, at the college level as well. Now, top six, uh, the you're going to recognize a lot of these names. We've already mentioned some of these names. The top six, let me start with Shmile Munden out of Paulden County. We spoke about him early in our program. Anybody, Anytime you can get a guy that's almost a five-star, and a five-star in a lot of circles, uh, who doesn't really do any camps, doesn't really do a lot of team camps, doesn't do the Under Armors, doesn't do the openings, uh, doesn't do any of the, the prospect camps. He just really believes, and that good staff there at Paulden County believes his his football DNA is his game film, and he's playing, going sideline to sideline and inside linebacker. He's running the jet sweep. Uh, typical game for him is about 70, 80 yards rushing and about seven or eight tackles. Uh, Shmile Munden Jr. out of Paulding County. Number five, Donovan Edwards. We have him as the top targeted running back for Georgia in this class, and Dell McGee usually goes after uh, the biggest targets in the country, and that's, make no mistake, Donovan Edwards is one of those. He's out of Michigan. Seems like Georgia and Michigan are the teams that are really in the thick of it there. Donovan Edwards is going to be a different kind of bat for Todd Munkin's offense. He's the type of guy that can make that play in space. Uh, Donovan's a guy that's going to be schemed up by Munkin's offense down the road uh, should he choose Georgia, where they're going to try and manufacture him in one-on-one matchups against the defense. 
very good all, all-purpose three-down type player. Catches the ball out of the backfield very well. Uh, number four is James Williams out of uh, another player out of South Florida. That's the number one safety in the country. He's about six foot four and about 200 pounds. Uh, he's also moving from to back to American Heritage. That's where he started his high school career. Georgia, Alabama, and Clemson are the schools to look for there. That's his top three. That's his final three. Uh, Georgia fans at Dog Nation can feel um, excited and intrigued by the fact that Georgia continued to get all the big visits down the stretch uh, late in the year and even during junior days uh, for James Williams. Number three, we also mentioned his name earlier. I think he's a true three-down linebacker, Barrett Carter out of North Gwinnett. Uh, can cover the guys on third down, can plug A gap and B gap on first and second down, and can also rush the passer. Very talented young man. Uh, the number two name on our list is Marius Mims out of Bleckley County. Uh, six foot seven and a half, about 315 pounds. Recently established his top 10. Georgia made it. As of now, he still plans to commit on in October. That's his birthday. We're going to wait and see on that one. And Marius Mims definitely being buddied up a lot on social media by Brock Vandegrift. That's what we see a lot there. Number one on our list, staying on our list, continues to be on our list as the chart topper. That's Tony Grimes out of Princess Anne in Virginia Beach. It's actually Tony Grimes' birthday today. Um, Tony Grimes, I don't know if most of you guys know that, know this, but Tony Grimes is it actually has a twin brother. He's actually a wrestler, not a football player. Tony Grimes, to me, if everybody saw some of the activity on social media and everybody's feeds that earlier today, Champ Bailey threw him a birthday shout out. Uh, those those two families, I think, know each other well from from Champ's time in the in the kind of the DC metro area when he played for the Washington Redskins. Um, Tony Grimes, I think he's an exemplary guy on and off the field. He has a foundation where a nonprofit foundation where they help feed the homeless and feed the uh, impoverished and the needy in the Virginia Beach area. And wrote a really good story on Tony Grimes on Dog Nation earlier this year. Tony Grimes just watches the people in his community when he drove around, when he walked around. He was able to kind of know where the homeless people were and where their spots were and where they like to hang out. So when they were going on their food runs and delivering their food runs, he would know exactly where to look and point them out. So his father told me it really amazed him how Tony had that, uh, had that vision and perspective on the world he lives in at such an early age. Tony Grimes' birthday today. And I think in about an hour, he's going to drop his top eight lists on the eve of his birthday. And I would look for the University of Georgia to be solidly in that top eight. Uh, Tony Grimes uh, had planned about three visits to Georgia before the COVID-19 and coronavirus kind of put the pause button and the brakes on all of that. Uh, Tony Grimes has established that he would like to commit on December the 1st. It's very interesting when his father told me that he could commit right now. If need be, if he had to, he had seen almost all the schools except for Georgia, and they were planning a visit to Georgia for an unofficial in March, um, another unofficial in, uh, in in May, excuse me, another official, unofficial this month in April, very likely around G-Day, and then they're going to come back in June. They'd already had it on the books for the official visit in June. That's Tony Grimes out of Princess Anne in Virginia Beach, Virginia. All right, guys. So that's a really good, um, a really good look at um, what's going on right now with the 2021 class. We broke it down in the first quarter. Uh, in the second quarter, we gave you a look at our top targets list. One thing I want to bring to mind uh, for everybody, just to think about this Georgia football team and to think about Georgia football when everything kind of gets gets back on track. Right now, Georgia has 16 seniors. We'll have 16 seniors on that. 
2020 roster. Only four of those guys are from the offensive side of the ball. Um, Ten of those are on the defensive side of the ball. And one of the things you want to think about, just to put in your head, about about guys that have a lot of leadership ability and a lot of playability for Georgia, there's only going to be two guys on the roster next year that have started more than 20 games for the Bulldogs, and those would both be on the defensive side of the ball. That would be Richard LeCount the third. I think he's closing in on 30 starts for Georgia. Uh, Monty Rice is right around 21, 22 starts. Um, other guys like Tyson Campbell have 15 starts. When you look on the offensive side of the ball, that's really a big deficit there. Trey Hill is, has 18 starts so far at Georgia. And ben Cleveland has 15. And a name that I don't think a lot of you folks out there would be able to pick out, Kyrus Jackson has 10 starts under his belt in two seasons at the University of Georgia, even though he uh, had a redshirt season uh, in 2018, and then he fought some injuries in 2019 as well. But Kyrus is fast. He has a lot of ball skills and athleticism, and he's also a very dedicated, punishing, strong, tough blocker, and that's what Georgia likes to see and has liked to see so far a lot under the uh, in the Kirby Smart era at Georgia. So that's where we're at right now. Um, gave you guys a good look at all things Georgia. And now this is probably the part where I can catch a breath or I can just kind of uh, relax and not be so formatted as much. feel like I'm just speechifying to a screen at some times. But now we're going to go kind of heavy on interaction. You guys have a question. I'm going to scroll up and down uh, my feeds here. So make sure you guys, uh, if you have a question, feel free to pop it off. And we'll do our best to, uh, to get to everybody. Um, Matt Talley's got his opportunity, uh, got his top targets list. Matt Talley has uh, James Williams as his number one. Certainly a good uh, a good look there. Um, James Crump brings out uh, top targets going to Ohio State. Now I think I think Travion and uh, I think Travion and uh, Donovan Edwards were probably could be seen as the top of Georgia's board. I know Evan Pryor had a committable offer. Uh, Evan Pryor was a very smart young man. He also chose Ohio State. He decided to go ahead and get in the clubhouse, so to speak, and uh, lock down his slot in, a, in, a, in one of those prestigious universities that, that were chasing him before everybody else um, got to go through everything. Uh, Travis McCullough weighs in and he says, Hope Schmile ends up in the class. Um, James Crump also weighs in about uh, Mr. Mondin as well. He says uh, he's a beast. Uh, Terry Rigdon has got a little uh, spite for uh, those Gators out there. He says he's just tired of hearing about how great Florida's recruitment is going. Yeah, I, I think Florida is what it is. You notice a lot of things with Florida guys. They're losing out on a lot of their top top talent in the state. When Terrence Lewis, the tremendous linebacker out of South Florida, plays in the same program that uh, Devon Wilson came out of, when he named his top six recently and didn't include – that's a five-star linebacker – inside linebacker that didn't include the Gators on his list. That was pretty telling. Uh, Georgia has obviously prioritized other guys instead of Terrence Lewis in that class. James Crump is making a prediction. He's speaking it into existence that Quentin Somerville will be joining Keeley at Georgia. Um, Pete Ellis, thanks for watching. Terrence Edwards, man, thank you for watching as well. My man Terrence is now uh, an apparel giant. You, hear, you see this stuff about Terrence moving those TE Wide Receiver Academy uh, hoodies uh, like they're like their hotcakes or donuts, man. Good job for you, Terrence. Jarvis Hanna, how are you? Demetrius Isom, Bonnie Watson. 
uh, Brian Marcoulier, man. Hey, thanks for joining us from uh, Dallas, uh, Georgia. Bubba Smith, Fred McBride, uh, Danny Smith. Um, interesting to see here, guys, right now. One of the things that's kind of breaking right now on our on our news that's breaking right now is we're seeing uh, Georgia adding an offensive lineman to the class. Don't you love it how when things happen like this, um, Georgia has added, and I'll give credit to a video that was shot by 24-7 Sports. Georgia has added Micah Morris to the class. That's the uh, offensive lineman out of Camden County. Did everybody see the recent um, – Everybody see the recent video on his social media feed where he had that close grip bench press? I mean, I'm talking like right here. And uh, he powered up like 405 pounds. Georgia has, now has their fifth member of the 2021 recruiting class in Micah Morris. It's funny when you watch your watch your phone and you see things happening. Uh, Micah Morris has uh, committed to the University of Georgia. Um Inside is going to be a tackle. Remember, Mike Morris was a guy that was supposed to make his commitment in December. Uh, that was because he was already feeling a certain type of way. Uh, Mike Morris is now in the class at the University of Georgia. So Georgia's class now moves up to five. That's five uh, pros- five prospects in the class. They're all five from the state of Georgia. Micah Morris is a guy that can play uh, a tackle or a guard. Georgia moves up to f- to five commitments in the class. There are also all five of those from uh, the state of Georgia. Um, interesting. You know, sometimes when we do these live shows, these things can happen. Um, Micah Morris, uh, Camden County, uh, still a very young prospect. He's a guy that when he gets – uh, when he plays his senior season of ball, he's only going to be 17 years of age. He's about six four and a half, uh, about 320 pounds. Out of South Georgia, Georgia goes in and gets another All-American offensive lineman for Micah Morris. So, Matt Luke's record right now, if we had to look at what Mike, Matt, Matt Luke has been doing at the University of Georgia, you would have to say his track record is just about spotless um, so far in bringing in those priority targets and. He, we're putting together Georgia's 2021 class, and you got Micah Morris, you got Amarius Mims, you got Terrence Ferguson, you got Dylan Fairchild. Those are four guys that, you know, top 15 overall at their positions, all top top 125, top 150 guys. And all those guys could uh, could wind up at the University of Georgia. And Matt Luke and Georgia and Kirby Smart wouldn't have to leave the state of Georgia at all to pick up four elite linemen, all-American type linemen in their 2021 recruiting class. Chandler Johnson, Matt Talley uh, gives a great uh, take. We appreciate you saying that. Uh, Pete Ellis, uh, hopefully this starts a chain reaction of commitments uh, to come to Georgia. Um, Chad Buchanan brings up a question about what's up with Cody Brown. I think Cody Brown is definitely targeted by Georgia and high up on the board at Georgia. I think the thing with Cody Brown, though, is he, he, he basically relates as a true power thunderback at the University of Georgia. Heck of a high school player, very productive high school player. I love this kid on and off the field. Uh, he's got a 4.0 in the classroom. The stuff he does in his community in Lilburn for Parkview High School in that community, you can't ask for more out of a team leader. You can't ask for more for what the way he produced during the Georgia high school playoffs. 
Uh, he's about 230 pounds, 225, 230, so he'd be a very big back. I think the thing that, that Georgia's looking for with at least one back in this class is that guy that would be the three-down back, a guy that can catch that ball out of the backfield on the wheel routes, that make-you-miss shifty type guy a little bit. Cody Brown's evaluation right now looks a whole lot like, like Kendall Milton being that one of those grown men thumpers. Kendall Milton was expected to be at 230 this year, playing at 230 this year uh, at the University of Georgia. For Kendall Milton. Yeah, Lindsey Hardiman brings up a great point. Not worried about how well Florida and Ohio State are doing at this point in the 2021 class. It is so early. Georgia always waits for um, Georgia always waits later on in the class. They like their evaluations. They want to see these guys at camps. They have the ability to wait. They have the ability to make sure they pick and choose what they want. That's been the mantra for Kirby Smart so far. Matt Talley says he likes the defensive line depth. It's better than it's ever been under Smart. Uh, top heavy, though. Uh, Bubba Smith also brings up Cody Brown right there. Uh, Lewis Stewart, thank you for watching. Uh, let me see what everybody is doing on uh, – give, give me a shout-out to see what everybody's doing on YouTube today as well. Also, the running back picture, you got to think about Lavoisier Carroll. Uh, he's out of Warren County, but now at IMG Academy. You got to think about Lavoisier Carroll. You got to think about Cody Brown. You got to think about Donovan Edwards there as well as those kind of upper tier backs that Georgia is looking at as well for the uh, 2020 class. Um, so, so, so kind of going going through a lot of things right now. Uh, if you guys are just joining us, Georgia just picked up a commitment in the middle of our show, maybe like 10 minutes ago. Georgia picked up a commitment from Camden County's Micah Morris. Uh, Micah Morris is a uh, going to play in the uh, All-American Bowl uh, down in Texas, in San Antonio. That used to be the Army All-American Bowl. Um, Micah Morris uh, just committed to the University of Georgia. He, he announced that uh, off of his social feed. Uh on his social feed very recently. Georgia now has five commitments in the 2021 class. Micah Morris is a number 73 overall prospect in the country, number 11 offensive tackle. That makes him the second highest rated prospect right now in the, uh, in the class right now for Georgia. And Georgia, which was number 16 in the nation prior to this commitment now, continues to move up the board um, in terms of those overall ratings for the 20. 417 composite ratings for the uh, 2021 class. They continue uh, to move towards that normal territory. Yeah, I think folks that worry about uh, where Georgia's ranking is and, and recruiting ranking right now, especially during the slowdown with COVID-19, they haven't been following the Kirby Smart game plan for the last three or four years. Uh, for the last three or four years at the University of Georgia. YouTube, how's everybody doing on YouTube? I'm gonna just check out and see what everybody's got. You got, got any questions over here? What does everybody think about Micah Morris? I know Micah Morris is a guy that um, uh, has been connected to Georgia for a very long time. Georgia's been prioritizing that. That was back during this, the Sam Pittman days. Georgia beats out Florida. Georgia beats out South Carolina. Uh, Georgia beats out um, Auburn. Those were all his schools. He just recently named his final five last week, and he decided it was time to go ahead and commit to Georgia, give this class uh, some more momentum 
um, for the 2021 cycle. Uh, YouTube, hey Shane Bentley, how are you? Uh, Colby Curry, uh, the running backs, I think we've, Evan Pryor, Trevion Henderson are with Ohio State. Will Shipley is very likely to choose um, North Carolina, Notre Dame, or Stanford. He can't take his visits yet. Uh, I think Will's told me he's not going to cut down to his list or anything. He's just going to roll out with a commitment. I think Georgia's best chances for the running back position right now seem like Donovan Edwards out of Michigan. It also seems like uh, Lavoisier Carroll and Cody Brown. Those are elite running backs, top 10, top 12 running backs with strong state of Georgia ties as well. Bill Kitty, what's up? Uh, Bill McConnell, hey, I appreciate that, man. Uh, you guys hit the like button as well. Top Dog brings a very great question. Uh, I get a chance to address, why can't NCAA football programs with their med staff in place allow football players and staff to return tests and monitoring after a bit and then allow team play? Wow, Top Dog, that's a big question. I think the first thing you got to think about is, uh, you know, when they start, is it going to be the same thing across the country? Is the Big Ten going to have the same policies? Are the Big 12, the Pac-12, are they going to have the same policies? I was talking to some folks today, and, they were, and folks, listen, we're in the open speculation time because there is no playbook for this. And But they wonder, like, how will you have a national championship in a season if all the conferences are not playing by the same rules? Will a conference go rogue and just play their own season with their SEC slate or their conference slate if not all the other schools can get in line? I think there just needs to be national policies established first. I think there have to be uh, there has to be kind of a, a pattern set by the, the professional leagues as well. But, but folks, I, I know everybody wants football back and they got to see football back, but there's a lot of gray area here. And we just need to say wait and see on a lot of this, especially a month from now when things start coming back to normal. For instance, you know, how are you going to play without a, without a vaccine or the curve flattened? And how are you going to play like when someone on the team gets it? What happens to the quarantine procedures there? You think about the NFL and the professional leagues. Are those players going to have to be quarantined and just play the games? These are grown men with families. I don't see that happening. Perhaps the only area where you can kind of keep a team isolated and just go through the course of their practicing and their seasons would be at the college level. And if, the, and if you're telling me that they're going to have uh, – if they don't have classes or if classes are online at the University of Georgia, looking all the way down to August and September, how are they going to have a football team, uh, all that stuff taking place? So I think that's a lot of things. I mean, that's a huge topic. I could do a whole show on this top dog. The one thing I also think about is how are you going to have all your players tested? Because I think before you welcome anybody back, these players with their rapid response now that are that are popping up around the state of Georgia, where you can learn whether you have COVID-19 in a matter of minutes, you got to make sure you can test the, the, the greater good, and that's the public first and foremost, before we even start thinking about any sort of sporting events. Keith Foles, what's up? Uh, Keith Foles, what's Georgia's chances with Tony Grimes? Keith, I think Georgia has a really strong shot with Tony Grimes. If you've just read what we've reported on dognation.com, uh, Tony Grimes took a trip to Georgia in late January, which was basically, I need to see it, and I need to love it, or I'm going to cross you off my list. Well, Georgia went from a kind of a top 13, top 14 school for Tony Grimes to immediately landing an official visit. That's how impressed he was by that. His father told me that, that kind of team Grimes was gassed up about Georgia. They needed to see them as much as possible to make sure those good juju and the good mojo from that first visit was still very accurate. 
um, Keith Folt um, brings a welcome to Micah as well. Uh, Colby Curry, um, Keith Folt's trying to change his icon. Uh, Al McConnell, Jay Shipes, uh, Dennis Wilson, thanks to everybody for hanging out. Top Doctor, I hope that answered your question. I know I could go on, I could probably go on another 10 minutes there for everything else right there, but I uh, wanted to do so, wanted to give you a quick sketch of how I would answer your question. Um, so there's that. Let me hop back to uh, let me hop back to uh, YouTube, uh, Facebook for everybody. Um, Christopher Jacobs um, talking about Zamir White. Zeus will be a big problem for defenses next season. Um, you know what, guys? Uh, hey, Jarvis, thanks for the uh, uh, invitation. I'll do my best to take a look at that as well. Um, the uh, one thing I want to make sure everybody, you guys can hear me okay, everybody hears me well. I want to thank everybody for joining us on Friday night. And, hey, we've got a special treat for you guys tonight. If everybody remembers kind of the uh, echoes and the uh, grassroots of our program, we used to do something called Six Pack where I bust out some Georgia trivia and I see how smart you guys are. But also at the same time, I um, I try to find a way to educate you guys as well in all things Georgia. And, uh, you know, if you guys remember the rules, this is what's going what's gonna to happen. I'm going to ask a question. Some, some of these will be multiple choice. Some of these will not. And I'll give you guys a few, uh, you know, maybe about 30 seconds in the feed to, to give me your response. And then that's how we will um, – move on we got six questions these are the ones brandon would always brag that he got four out of six right when the actual batting average was probably about uh two out of six but uh, nonetheless he was always a good sport playing it all with us <laughs> matt tally wants to know what's in the transformers cup yeah see it right there everybody's got uh, something in their cup tonight let me know what's in your cup as well this is one of those Father's Day presents. Uh, I think they like the colors, uh, my kids. But uh, you know, I spent I spent a lot of time when my kids were very young trying to show them things that I thought were cool, like those Transformer movies that were done by Michael Bay. Uh, I've got a young son named Kyle. I had a young son named Kyle. Now he's eleven, and uh, that's one of the things. Uh, when you went, I think we went to Universal a couple of years ago, actually last year. You rode the Transformers ride. You had to get a souvenir, and I thought the. Uh, I thought that coffee mug was pretty dope. So, uh, Charles Kaiser, thanks for watching. Um, Will Go Dogs, man, thanks for watching as well. Um, hope everybody's having themselves a good, safe, and uh, happy night so far as well. I can I just from you know very simply, very humbly, I'd like to say, I hope you guys are all staying safe out there. You guys are staying happy, still feeling happy and blessed, and you can say the same thing about your loved ones as well. And even during this very, very, very difficult time, I hope everybody stays safe and financially sound as well. Um, first off, six pack guys, let's have some fun with this right now. Um, everybody, these are kind of things that just kind of pop in my head that I don't know if people would know about and would make a good trivia question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are pretty funny, uh, Matt Talley. Everybody's wondering um, what the uh, what's in the Transformers Cup. Cal Folds brings a report at a rivals camp last year. Uh, Morris and future offensive linemate Tate Ratledge were the only ones who handled Clemson defensive end Miles Murphy. Uh, first of all, it was the opening camp. Uh, I wouldn't say handled. I think Tate Ratledge and 
Micah Morris stalemated him, held their own, may have gotten a win out of maybe one, or, one out of the three reps. Um, very important there to bring that distinction. Um, Six-pack time, guys. I want to make sure you guys know this. So my first question is, everybody knows about the 2017 season. Jacob Eason started out as the quarterback. He got hurt, and the legend of Jake Fromm began. began. Georgia uh, had Jacob Eason at quarterback to begin the year. Jake Fromm was the de facto backup at the Appalachian State game. That season, to me, brings to mind the last time I felt Georgia was just stacked at the quarterback position as, as they are, they will be for the 2020 season with uh, Jamie Newman, Dwan Mathis, Carson Beck, and Stetson Bennett. Um, under center, uh, working out, repping a quarterback for the Bulldogs. Um, the last time Georgia had that much talent, I had to go back to 2016. So my question is this. Everybody knows Jacob Eason was a quarterback on that 2017 team. Uh, Jake Fromm was a quarterback on that 2017 team. But can you tell me who was the third-string quarterback for Georgia on that 2017 team as well? Can't wait to see your answers there. You guys will be able to show me what kind of trivia knowledge you still have of that 2017 team and how good you were, how good you guys remembered that season. Let me check out YouTube. Uh, Kells Lebeau brings up Hudson Mason. Bill Kibbe brings up Stetson Bennett. There's actually four quarterbacks, uh, Bill, that were that were kind of working for Georgia. Stetson was actually the scout teamer, who I would say would be the true freshman and the uh, the preferred walk-on, excuse me, uh, who was the scout teamer extraordinaire. Everybody remembers the Mel Tucker quote where they, Mel Tucker called Stetson the GOAT, and rightfully so. He did some great work there on his practice fields for the University of Georgia, kind of busting the chops of that salty 2017 defense. But the question remains. I don't think you got it yet. I don't see the. I don't see anybody on YouTube with the correct answer. Um, don't see anybody on Facebook with the correct answer, folks. You got to remember this: the number three quarterback, um, the number three quarterback for uh, that Georgia team in 2017 was Bryce Ramsey. Think about that for a second. Bryce Ramsey. He was also on that depth chart. Actually, threw some passes for Georgia during that 2017 season as well. How many people got Bryce Ramsey right? Uh, I want to know how you guys did with all that. If you got Bryce Ramsey right, if you even remember Bryce Ramsey was on that 2017 uh, team, give me a hoorah and everything else like that. Uh, next up, hey, Walter MacArthur, thanks for watching. Uh, next up, number two, everybody knows about Georgia's 1980 Natty, the national championship season. Uh, they, they finished up 12-0 and after a 17-10 uh, win against Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl that year. Herschel Walker separated shoulders and all. Um, he had 36 carries for 150 yards, was kind of the only offense Georgia had. Everybody knows all those storylines, but I want you to tell me this. When Georgia faced Notre Dame in the Sugar Bowl, where was Notre Dame ranked? I'm gonna give you a couple of. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you two or three uh, choices. I'm gonna give you two other choice. Three choices. You can tell me which one that was. Um, first option is Notre Dame was ranked second overall. That was a number one versus number two matchup. Uh, the th the second option was a number five option. Uh, Notre Dame was rated number five overall, and the third option was number seven overall. 
uh, C would be seven, B would be five, and A would be number two overall. What ranking did uh, what ranking did uh, Notre Dame have when Georgia beat them in 1980 for the national championship? <laughs> we got some people googling over here. I know Steve Walden's not going to be googling. Um, Jared Combs, thank you for watching. Uh, Walter MacArthur, thank you for your uh, suggestion. The correct answer is actually, I want to try to beat all you guys to the punch on Google. The correct answer is actually uh, C. Notre Dame was actually number seven. I wanted to share that little factoid of trivia with you guys because can you imagine a world where the number one team was playing the number seven team in a bowl game? How odd is that? And, you know, you would think that maybe the number two versus three matchup, the winner of that one, if both those teams are undefeated, would have a claim to the national title as well. Back in the kind of – it sounds very old school back in the days where uh, somehow the national championship game involved the number one team in the country, which was unbeaten at 11-0, facing the number seven team in Notre Dame, who'd actually tied Georgia Tech that year. as well, Notre Dame was just the gold standard of, of programs in, in, in the 1970s. They had those great era Parsegian years. Dan Devine was the head coach at Notre Dame at that time. Everybody probably knows Dan Devine's claim to fame. Dan Devine was a high school coach at one time uh, in the Midwest, and he became the head coach at Notre Dame. Uh, Dan Devine was actually the coach in that Rudy movie that everybody turned their jerseys into very famously in that um, very classic uh very classic film. Um, the correct answer was seventh overall. So if you guys uh, had number seven, you got it exactly right. Uh, guys, the next one, our third one is our third question, our six pack. Hope you guys are enjoying the six pack with us tonight on Before the Edges. Um, I'm going to give you a listing of names uh, that are uh, the paycheck games that Georgia will play over the next three years. Uh, everybody knows those is those non-conference, those non-Power 5 games. I'm going to give you a listing of names, and I want you to tell me uh, tell me the two names that uh, you feel are certain that Georgia plays in the 2020 season. Uh, Charleston Southern, Stanford, Kent State, UAB, Louisiana Monroe, and East Tennessee State. I'll repeat them for you again. Charleston Southern, East Tennessee State. Uh, Sanford, UAB, Louisiana, Monroe, and Kent State. There's two schools out of that out of that gumbo of schools I just shared with you guys. There's two schools that Georgia will play non-conference in 2020, at least scheduled to play non-conference in 2020. I want you to tell me which two those are, and I want you to do it without Googling because nobody wants to be that guy that looks smart on his social media feed and didn't actually know what the 2020 schedule was already, already looking like. I mean, folks, you got all this – Free time, you got all this quarantine time. You got to know who those 2020 opponents are by now. Jared Combs, Bobby Walker, thanks everybody for watching. Jarvis Hanna says he's one and one. Um, everybody's bringing uh, their questions. Charles Lewis Armentrot, thank you for joining us um, as well. Uh, the correct answer is there uh, for the paycheck opponents, the, the non conference opponents, the non power five. Uh, that Georgia will face at home uh, that people call them typically in my profession those paycheck games where Georgia cuts a big check for a, uh, a home game that they don't give the other opponent a home game in return 
two schools Georgia faces in 2020 are actually East Tennessee State. That's the first time Georgia will ever face East Tennessee State in program history. And the second one of those is Louisiana Monroe. Here's what I did. I kind of flipped the script on you guys. If you thought all those names sound familiar, well, then they do. Georgia plays UAB and Charleston Southern in the 2021 season. And then Georgia will play Samford and Kent State in the 2022 season. Watch out for that UAB program. That's a pretty good program that's coming up a little bit in the state of Alabama under uh, Coach Bill Clark. Number four, fourth answer, fourth one in our uh, trivia question. This is pretty simple. I hope you guys will get this one. There's a team Georgia plays this season, scheduled to play this season, that they hold a five-game losing streak to. They've lost their last five games against this team. Name that team, and I'm going to give you guys about as long as it takes for everyone to hiccup to answer this question. Correct answer, obviously, is Alabama. Uh, Alabama is your uh, answer there. Georgia as is facing a five-game losing streak to Alabama heading into this season. Um, the fifth question in our six-pack, hope you guys are enjoying it so far. You, you guys are already five deep in the six-pack. Everybody knows that Georgia is playing Clemson in the 2021 opener. That's the one that's going to be in, the, uh, I guess it's still called Bank of America Stadium. That's in Charlotte. Um, that's a very uh, robust uh, opponent as well. But can you tell me who Georgia plays to open up the 2022 season? Um, that game will be opened up in another kickoff classic type venue in uh, 2022. That one will be at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, do you know do you know who Georgia kicks off the 2022 season against? I think Jonathan Sisson. I think Brian Marcoulier. I think those guys got it right. They got their thinking caps on tonight. Georgia will open the 2022 season against Oregon. Now think about this, folks. You're going to sound like a smart guy, and you're probably going to be a little depressed because you you can't wait for um, uh, you can't wait for uh, this this to come to be, but. Get this, Georgia starts off the 2021 opener against against Clemson, big-time game. It's a college game day game, of course. They start out the 2022 season against Oregon. So for you guys that had Oregon, give yourself another uh, notch in the ledger right there for your six-pack effort tonight. But then in the 2023 season, Georgia, this is a bonus one, they'll start off the year against Oklahoma. Think about that. Opening game op- opponents, 2020, Virginia. Eh, 2021, you've got Clemson, big time. That's as stout as it gets. 2022, Oregon, Georgia will get to face Noah Sewell. Uh, That will be a a great matchup of a lot of guys that got to know each other well in the 2020 recruiting class. And then in 2023, Georgia will travel to Norman, Oklahoma, to face the Oklahoma Sooners. That is quite an impressive uh, list of schools right there. Georgia will be kicking off seasons against – Sixth question. Uh, everybody knows that Georgia plays one permanent SEC West opponent, and then Georgia also plays uh, one rotating SEC opponent every year. Everyone knows that the opponent this year uh, in the 2020 schedule is Alabama. Um, I want you guys to tell me, if you know, who is the team Georgia faces in the 2021 season as the rotating opponent from the SEC West? It will be a very familiar face. All right, guys, the uh, non-conference, excuse me, the SEC West rotating opponent that Georgia will face in 2020, everybody knows that's Alabama. 
They have one permanent SEC West opponent every year, according to the SEC schedule matrix. That's Auburn. This year, it's Alabama. That's a very stout uh, test right there. Next year, it's Arkansas. And as the years follow after that, Georgia fans will deal with Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. So over the next five years, Georgia will face Bama out of the SEC West, probably face Bama in the SEC, in, in the SEC championship game as well. But then they will also go, they will go Bama, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Maybe Mike Leach is still there by now if he hasn't stopped tweeting. You'll have Ole Miss and you'll have Texas A&M. So that's a pretty good slate right there. Uh, Ole Miss would bring Lane Kiffin to the table at, at that point. And I wonder how many people think that will be the uh, 2023 season, whether Ole, Ole Miss will still have Lane Kiffin in the Lane train as their head coach. Um, all right, guys, want to say thanks to everybody for joining us. Thanks again to our good folks at Kroger. Remember, Kroger is your one-hop shop for all things Easter. On Easter Sunday coming up this weekend, they're going to be open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. that day. And the pharmacy is going to be open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Kroger's doing all kinds of things to make all of us feel safe when they're in their stores. They've got installed protective plexiglass. They've got floor decals. The pharmacies are temporarily waiving, temporarily waiving fees for prescription delivery via mail or courier. Uh, the number of customers that are allowed in stores is now 50% of their building code capacity. Um, they're going to have different hours um, to allow for restocking of the shelves and also to uh, more time for cleaning and making sure their stores are very, very safe. Uh, big news tonight. We talked a little bit about we get we had a six pack tonight we shared. Uh, we got top targets in. We had a chance to uh, go over the commitment board and what I share with you, what I kind of felt were the positional priorities for the 2021 class. And then right in the middle of everything, we had some breaking news. We're able to be online with you right now and talk about Micah Morris committing to the University of Georgia. Micah Morris is the four-star offensive lineman, number 78 overall prospect, number 11 offensive tackle. I think he could be a guard or a tackle for Georgia. Matt Luke getting another priority bulldog in the 2021 class. Uh, Georgia's starting to build that wall. That's the first offensive line commitment for Georgia in the 2021 class. That's Micah Morris out of Camden County. He just established his top five. Uh, last week, and he went ahead and decided to uh, name his school today, and that school was the University of Georgia. If everybody uh, is down with that news and, and happy to see that, how about dropping a like on your feed? Once again, everybody, happy Easter to everybody. These are very trying, very interesting times, but I hope everybody is staying safe, staying well, and thinking about what matters the most. Hug your kids, hug your loved ones. I'm trying to maximize every one of these days. I'm trying to teach my kids how to play chess. Uh, give me uh, all the, give me, bless me a lot, bless me with a lot of patience and luck and fortuitiveness and stick to it, stick to itiveness on that one. I'm just making up a word right now. Uh, but uh, again, Dog Nation, we have another before the hedges tonight. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Go check out Kroger this weekend for your one hot shop. I'm Jeff Sintel dognation.com and we'll catch you later on the pages of dognation.com have a great night and great Let's weekend go. everybody I'm a bulldog so Georgia who won't pick it I love the family atmosphere and the way they handle business education is important trying to reach the next level I want the best in life I never settle